Hey, Jamie. Hello, Keith. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a really long time. I actually lost track of how long it had been. Uh, but uh, I think we uh, just missed one, right? One week, one week. We did just miss one, but since there are two weeks between everything, that puts yeah. us at like it's been a month since our last uh, sit down and chat, which kind of sucks because we really haven't talked in between then and now. Like we maybe chatted a little bit, but not a whole lot. We've been really busy doing our own thing and. That kind of backburnered chronic, but I think we've been kind of getting back into that a little bit. But there have been other exciting things going on for us. Yeah, you've uh, you've had some uh, some family issues, right? And some uh, yep. burnout issues. And I wanted to keep my distance. I know how that stuff goes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why we haven't really talked in between them much. But things are going better. Yes, no. Uh, yeah, things are things are going pretty well. Like I. You kind of mentioned there, I had to take a little bit of time just because I've been having a lot of like family health issues with my kind of uh, close family. So parents and and like Mm -hmm. close uncles and stuff. And so that kind of added to some stress. And then additionally, I guess I'm just going to go into kind of what I've been doing the last couple of weeks. But I had the last like kind of a hard, fast deadline for the way we're doing things at Linux Academy for a course that I had only a couple of weeks really to prep. And that was because... I'm an idiot, and I promised something um, just kind of on a whim and uh, ended up getting it done a couple days late, but I was doing a Python 3 course, but I was just like heads down, invested in this, doing everything I could to make this course really, really good. And the previous course I had released was Python 2, and I took a lot of the things that I learned from that course, baked them into this course, and released it, and it's been really well received, and that that is pretty awesome, but it was a lot of hard work over a very short amount of time. So pretty much took all possible extra time, and when I wasn't doing that, I was just, like, really exhausted. Yeah, understood, understood. Yeah, so, yeah, that's why we didn't record last time. Um, I actually didn't have a, a lot to update as, as well. I've been kind of busy with other things, and that's that's one thing I like about Chronic is we haven't put like a deadline on it by ourselves because I've I feel like if we do that, uh, yeah, we might get more stuff done, but we won't have as much fun doing it, and you know we may suffer from burnout from all because we have all these other things going on as well. So, so I'm cool with all that. I think for both of us, Chronic's kind of a learning testbed sort of thing, right? And we've been playing with a lot of things. With a really good side benefit, creating an application or sort of applications that we've been wanting for several years now. Yeah, exactly. That's you know, something we can actually work on. But like right now, and I'm going to talk about kind of what I actually did accomplish over the last couple of weeks is that I'm using it to test out doing stuff in Chef, which even though I, you know, notoriously have hated Chef in the past, um, I'm I'm using this as an opportunity to use Chef as a configuration management tool because one, Elixir doesn't make a lot of sense to deploy using containers if we don't want to kill processes, which would is kind of a would be a bad thing for timers. So uh, we have to do it kind of just deploying to VMs and sort of having Erlang and Elixir running on servers. So Chef made sense in that situation, but it's also one of the things that I just kind of need to learn for my job so that I can help students go through those things. And this seemed like the perfect, like, real application for me to work on to figure out how to be better about doing that. So I've actually been spending my time doing that, and it's beneficial. Yeah, so you want to go into kind of what you've you've come up with with uh, oh, sure. Chef? 
Yeah, I mean, the last couple days I've just been messing around with deploying a Chef server. So if you're unfamiliar with how Chef works, it works, it can work in a couple different ways. But uh, one of the big things that would be the difference between Chef and something like an Ansible for doing configuration management is that Chef uses a client server model, Ansible uses a push model. So from Ansible, you can go on any workstation that has access to the machines that you want to administer and you can run your playbooks. And when you're working with Chef, it's more of the situation where you have a server that has all of the information and then your clients periodically say, okay, this is who I am. Let me run my Chef client thing. And it'll go off and see if there have been any updates to what should be run on that server. So hmm. we need to have a Chef server first and then we can have nodes or what they're called in Chef land that can be configured by that. And so I've been setting up the Chef server and then I wanted to make sure we had things set up properly there. So I was like, all right, let's get this thing going with Let's Encrypt. And it's been a while since I've used Let's Encrypt and I needed to not use it with the like Nginx plugin. So I used it with DN Simple and that actually worked out really well. You used uh, DN Simple's API to do that? I used the yes, but indirectly. I didn't really have to do anything. I just needed to have an API token for it. And I used the CertBot utility for Let's Encrypt and the DN Simple plugin that they have for that. So I could basically say, okay, you need to do, because basically what they have to do is they need to do a check to make sure that I'm the owner of the domain name. And you can put a DN Simple API token in a file there, give it that file, and tell it that, okay, this domain, you're going to re new the certificate using this configuration file and it'll go off and do that so that that can now auto renew itself and we won't have to worry about it for our chef server and then i'm going to continue to do that with basically all of our chronic subdomains nice nice yeah i haven't i don't know anything about chef so this is going to be a really good learning experience for me so i'm happy that you're taking that on and i will just eat your knowledge Yeah, and I mean, historically, you've used a lot of like Heroku, so you've used a platform as a service for a lot of things, and I've... I use that when I first started, and then I got to this thing where I'm a super big cheapskate, is what it comes down to, and I like to have... get the most like bang for my buck, as it were, and so like running your own servers that you configure is actually like cheaper on a per month basis, right? But it does require you to know these other things. For sure. I mean, it's, it's cheaper in the fact that that's what you're spending your money on but not i would argue about you know cheaper in terms of supporting and and updating when ruby versions and patches come out things like that but the other reason is like heroku and and the like that doesn't make sense for for our our elixir app either yeah because that would also kill kill processes so yeah for me i like to do this and the other like upside to doing something with configuration management or this another reason why I really like containers for doing things is that you can package things up to be uh, reproducible. They can be duplicated, right? Like I can come up with my set of cookbooks and figure out like, okay, if I run these cookbooks on a brand new Ubuntu machine, it's going to come out configured the way I want it to with all of the users that we need, with all of the security settings that I want. And I can invest the time to do that once. And then, yeah, I have to keep it up to date as we go on. Or I don't, right? Like I need to know about patches and security related things. But when yeah. it comes to the actual like updating of the software, I can decide if I want to that I'm going to continue to run Ruby 2.3 or something on a server and know that this is what my application works with. It's a known good build of my application, and that can be reproducible across machines. It gives you, we called it, when I worked at 
Square Mouth, uh, my boss always referred to it as having a tissue paper architecture, where, like you could just or infrastructure, and you could just kind of throw away your your servers and just replace them with new ones very quickly. And right. that is something that's kind of nice, especially in Erlang land, where we can connect the Erlang VMs together. You can do the let Erlang do its own networking in between them, and then we can have it dispatch processes all over the place. If we, if you know, if Chronic becomes huge and we have to run processes all over, we can have many, many servers that are all kind of governed by the same hive mind of Erlang processes. Yeah, that's nice. That would be super nice to kind of scale and all that other jazz. Yep, but that's pretty much been it for me in the last two weeks. I'm going to continue doing this. I want to get the configuration of all these servers done before I kind of move back into doing stuff in the application space. But then once I do that, uh, we should be in a good spot to where I can continue working on the mobile app. Nice. So what's your what's your next task on the mobile app? Um, I Actually, it's been so long since I messed with the mobile app. I kind of don't remember, to be honest. I think we are getting closer and closer to the situation where we need to maybe start thinking about and working in users as a thing so we can have like yeah. i can know which you know timers i have run personally besides just my device i want to you know we want to be able to go multi-device which you've been working on the actual web client for it so once that's out it'll be even more imperative that we can connect what's going on in that with the mobile app yeah um i think i think actually the next the next thing um before the users because yeah, users will need to know what timers we ran, but we need to know that we have timers that ran. So, like, I don't know, can can your mobile app start a new timer? Yeah. And so I think we need endpoints like save this timer, you know, as the previous, you know, as a timer that we already ran and save. Oh, I see what you're kind of a timer history. Yeah. And save events within that timer. Like, hey, I paused it at this time. And I restarted it this time, things like that. Okay. Yeah, that's actually interesting because that can be all done server-side. That doesn't even require a change to the mobile app. Exactly, except that you need to send those events, right? Well, no, no. Well, no. no, you wouldn't. Yeah, they I'm, would... I'm talking about, I'm sorry, I'm talking about the previous timers. Yeah, you're talking about during during the timer, we capture all those events. So pausing, yeah. starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, I guess we could go off and create kind of a, I think it could be a good thing to go down and maybe create something like a history view right so you can see like oh here's my history of everything that i did using chronic like i started timer here i went without pause ended it here and then you know continued restarting so you can kind of give yourself a history that yeah that seems like a good idea and that's something that would actually i'm sorry that would from a view standpoint that wouldn't be that hard to build right and actually rather than thinking while you're talking i think even more important than that would be creating kind of a default workflow so that timers can automatically, like the next timer can automatically start mm-hmm. after one is done. That may be probably the next step that we should take where, because so that, that would make it more useful for me personally. You know, yeah. I don't have to sit there and hit a button to start the next timer. The next timer automatically starts. And that timer might be a break timer for five minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that, the, the combination would actually um, replace what I currently use any Pomodoro slash timer app for. Yeah, that sounds great. I think if we move on to the... We're really workshopping this live right now, but if we move from what we have right now into building out the workflow thing and just set up the first 
workflow. We don't even have to need to have a way to create other workflow items. Exactly. But since we, we know we want to go into having these be something that's customizable, for now, though, we can just set up like Pomodoro and uh, it can be, you know, a string of the, you know, the full set to where it's like 25 on, 5 off, 25 on, right. 5 off until you get to your long break of 15. Yeah, I yep. think it would be good to set up that actual workflow. We just need to kind of sit down and talk about what we want to do for the edge cases. Like, well, technically, if they stop their timer midway through, then they broke the workflow. Do we send them back to the start of a Pomodoro like workflow session? Yeah. 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 Let's uh, we should talk about those. Not live, though, because that'll, that'll eat up the rest of the time. Yeah, that'll take way too long. But we can move into what you've been up to. So for the last month or so, um, some non-crack stuff. I, I'm working on this new company that I'm not yet ready to announce. I'm sorry. So no, it's all quick. We want to announce it. All the secrecy. All the coordination together. So, uh, But um, the other thing is tied to that is I landed kind of a large client project, which took a lot of my time, like a whole week of you know, estimations and project costs and all this stuff. And I'm not going to go too deep into that, but that, that took up some time. Uh, the other thing I've been working on is I'm doing a talk, a workshop with um, a coworker of mine. Uh, and he's doing, doing a workshop where somebody can learn both the client side being the client side being an iOS app mm-hmm. uh, using Swift, as well as the, as well as the server side, the back end, the API, which is going to be Ruby. So we're kind of co-hosting a workshop where he's going to talk about the front-end stuff and I'm going to talk about the back-end stuff. And so we're building an app for that that's going to be used in this workshop. And so we've been kind of... Uh, this workshop is in uh, Indianapolis at IndyCode in April. Um, but we've been kind of specking out this app and building this app uh, beforehand, obviously. We don't want to wait like a week before the talk to do this. So the app we're building is kind of, is pretty cool. Um, we've had this idea for a while. We've pitched this to a couple uh, conferences before, but haven't, this is the first time we've been accepted. Um, I think you uh, talked about it a little last time and you based it off of a paintballing movie. Ah, yes, I did talk about it. Yes, called Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, you can kind of tag, uh, tag people to meet in real life, kind of the app kind of. It gives you a buddy to meet in real life. Um, so that's going really well. Um, I'm using uh, Netflix's JSON, Fast JSON API. Fast JSON. How is that? I saw that they released that the other day, but I haven't gone and done any like benchmarks or anything like that. Is it like noticeable? It's noticeable. I haven't done benchmarks as well, but it is noticeable. And it's pretty, it's just really kind of a thin layer on top of like, just kind of create the, the serialization and deserialization for JSON API objects. Um, but I'm really, really liking it. Cool. And I, I think I may move that, use that over on uh, callback as well and actually use a JSON API, which I know we've kind of talked about in the previous season. Yeah, I was about to say, you're bringing up callback, and this this harkens back to uh, last year. But what's what's the state of callback right now we haven't talked about it in months at this point yeah that's the state of it uh, it's still being used um <laughs> it's still being used really the only thing left is to create a front end on it uh which i'm going to 
Uh, my goal is to have it done by, by April. So we will start talking about it soon. Okay. Um, so been working on that, that uh, workshop. Um, and then for chronic, chronic stuff, uh, for the last probably the week, I've been working on the web front end, the web app for this. We're using React for it. And I finally kind of set up kind of a responsive layout and put pieces where they need to go. Learned all about style components and React. I'm um, using the React style flex grid component to kind of get, uh, get the responsiveness um, stuff in there. Um, so I have a PR out there for you. I'm sure if you saw that, but I did see that, and I think I marked the email as red, and I archived it, and totally forgot that there was a PR. <laughs> so I'm going to go out and read that and put that on my things to do in the future. But yeah, I haven't looked at it yet. So uh, that's out there, and so the next step for that is to actually get the timer running. Uh, just the I'm just going to work on this the play and pause of a timer as well as the countdown. Um, and I'm, I'm planning on using a lot of your Redux stuff that you have used. Cool. Um, so I was I was looking at that yesterday and seeing how that was fit into the front end. Yeah. So my <clears throat> that's kind of what I've been working on. Uh, oh, the other thing I've been working on with Chronic is I want to do an Alexa skill for it. And so I thought it'd be a cool demo to kind of say, kind of show like pausing the timer on Alexa and starting it up on, and seeing it pause on the web app and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I've been reading up on Alexa skills. I've been taking that treehouse, creating an Alexa skill um, course, which is it's pretty good. Um, I like the Amazon Alexa platform is pretty easy. Uh, and I'm pretty excited about that platform because they announced that they're going to have the ability in the near future to uh, send notifications. So from your server to Alexa, we'll be able to send notifications. So that'll help us to do things like when the timer stops, we can actually send information back to Alexa. You know, just like Alexa has with their its own internal timers, you can say, hey, you know, the timer's up. So nice. That'll be, that'll be exciting. So, and I'm assuming and I'm hoping that that'll, I think it's in beta now, but I think it'll be out by the time we release this at least. So, that'll be nice. That would be pretty awesome. I actually didn't, so their internal timers must be managed on servers also because I unplugged our Alexa the other day. Yeah. yeah I, I guess technically they could do it without, like they could do some sort of timestamp related thing and just, you know, save it to a file to note, like, I have a timer running. Right. But, yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. Like a couple minutes later, I plugged it back in and like it got resynced with the Wi-Fi and still knew where it was at in the timer. I was like, okay, I'm impressed. Huh. I wonder what it would do if, if it was past the timer. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, so that's the next two weeks. Um, Chronic-wise, I'm going to kind of continue that. I should have play and pause done uh, by that uh, for the front end by that time for the web app. And then I want to have that demo of pausing it, playing on the side and seeing the web app Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, this was a... When I saw the, the repo show up for Chronic Alexa, I was kind of, kind of excited since I just recently got an Echo. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a really useful thing. It's one of those, as we're building a house right now, I'm thinking about all the ways I can like do automation and stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm going to put these uh-huh. dots all over the place just so I can uh-huh. constantly be talking to my house to tell it like, hey, do this thing. The speech is just 
is crazy. Uh, I think that's going to be that's going to be so huge in the near future. Yeah, if I was building a house, I would do the exact same thing. I'd put mm-hmm. you know smart home stuff everywhere. Yeah, I'm not going down the route of building it in in the way that uh, some like builders will kind of have you do it because it's like so locked into like if you need to make changes to your automations, you have to like go yeah. contact some company and stuff. Like I'm a programmer, I know how to mess with this stuff. I can yeah. op- I can use like open source automation software, which is what. Uh, the square mouth office uses and it allowed us to like pretty easily go and do things and yeah it didn't require us to call anybody to to modify those sort of things so yeah i'm, I'm pretty excited for how that's going to work out yeah I'm, I'm recently redoing our basement to make an office which is still is right from the previous office that was stolen from. anyway so i'm i'm going through and like putting in lights and stuff and I'm putting new lights and all these things to sweet space well nice yeah i i don't have anything else to talk about for this particular week this is kind of a short episode for us unless you have any other point of discussion you want to bring up no i like them short yeah cool well i'm excited to get back in and keep working on chronic and i'm really enjoying all the chef related stuff so i'm going to try to document this as i'm going through so that you can learn from the things that i'm doing also and I'll give you a kind of a tour at some point of what I'm doing. But yeah, it's going to be nice to get this thing moving and hopefully we can have something that's usable internally uh, pretty soon. Cool. Talk to you later. Later, dude. 